Hey, fellow mathers, do you have limited classroom time? Do you want to make the biggest, best impact on your students that you can? Then you need to start here with the Math is Figureoutable Challenge. It's three one-hour sessions of the quickest and most powerful ways to reach the most students with the most math. We're having special guest Jenna Labe. Mark your calendars for May 15th through 17th at 7 p.m. Central and watch this space to find out when registration opens. If you can't make those times, you'll want to register anyway so you can get access to the session recordings. And now, on to the episode. Hey, fellow mathematicians! Welcome to the podcast where math is figure outable. I'm Pam. And I'm Kim. And we're here to suggest that mathematizing is not about mimicking or rote memorizing, but it's about thinking and reasoning, about creating and using mental mathematical relationships. That math class can be less like it has been for so many of us and more like mathematicians working together. We answer the question, if you're not teaching algorithms, then what? All right, y'all, in the last episode, episode 31, we talked about the over multiplication strategy. And we also talked about strategies in general and why we emphasize helping students develop strategies instead of spending all that time getting down the steps of the algorithm. Because let's be clear, it takes a while to get those steps sort of ingrained in kids' heads and getting them successful. Most students take quite a while. We practice over and over and over to get them to be able to do that. Instead of taking all that time, what if we put that time into actually helping build the relationships in students' heads so they can think and reason more and more sophisticatedly? So check that episode out, episode, what did I say? 31. 31. Yeah. If you want to know more uh, back, background and you want to know more about the over strategy. So in today's episode, I'm super excited because we want to highlight one of my personal, very favorite multiplication strategies. It's so slick and maybe one that not everyone makes use of, but we wanted to work with it today so that you can all have access to it. Yeah. So to start off, let's be clear that this is a mathy episode. So you might want to grab a pencil of your Kim or a pen if you're me <laughs> and uh, <laughs> And, and, and maybe a piece of paper um, and listen to it now, or like if you're driving or whatever, go ahead and hang on to as much as you can, but drive carefully, um, but maybe keep track of some of the relationships. Drive careful, everyone. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to give Pam some problems to develop this strategy this time. Are you ready, Pam? I'm ready. Give okay. It. So we're, we're going to do a quick problem string, right? A series of problems to develop uh, this strategy today. Here's your first problem. It is 16 times three. 16 times three. Okay. I don't, I don't just know 16 times three. I actually know 16 times four and I know 16 times two, but 16 times three is kind of in the middle. So it's not, not so much. So I'm going to think about uh, 10 times three is 30 and six times three is 18 and 30 and 18 is 48. 16 times three is 48. Cool. So your next problem is eight times six. Eight times six. And that's just a most misfact, but I deal with it a lot. So I just know that's 48. Hey, so hang on a second. You gave me 16 times three is 48. I'm going to be very verbal during this problem string. I'm going to try to say everything that's going on in my head. So you gave me 16 times three and I figured that out as 48. And then you gave me a problem with the same product. Eight times six is 48. So I'm thinking something's up. Get All right. You ready? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking. I'm thinking. Okay. You writing these down? I am. Yeah. That would yeah. be useful. Yeah. So the <laughs> next problem is 24 times 30. 
24 times 30. I don't know that that's related to the other one. This can be much bigger. Okay, so I'll just go and figure it out. Let's see. I'm going to think about 24 times 30 by thinking about 24 times 3 and then scaling it up by 10. Okay. So 24 times 3 is like 320 is 60 plus 12 is 72. So I think 24 times 3 is 72. Scale that up times 10, that's 720. Very nice. Okay. 24 times 3 and then scale it by 10. Okay, you ready? Mm -hmm. Your next problem is 12 times 60. 12 times 60. Um, I'm going to think about 12 times 6, which I'm pretty sure is 72. And let me tell you what I'm thinking in my head. I know that like multiples of 12, I never, I never worked on multiples of 12. Um, and so later in life, I've dealt with a lot of 12s. Um, and so I know that five times 12 is 60. That one's just ingrained. And so when I was thinking about 12 times six, I just really quick checked myself to think about five 12s is 60. So six 12s, sure enough, is 72. So if six 12s is 72, then 60 12s is 720. Scale that up by 10. 700. Hey, hey, hey. Okay, so those of you that are driving and aren't writing this down, Kim had given me 24 times 30. That was 720. And now I just did 12 times 60. That's 720. And I am seeing a relationship. So let me back up. Kim gave me 6 times 3. 16 times 3. Yeah. Thank you. 16 times 3 and 8 times 6. I was thinking about that. Eight times, that's 6. So 16 times 3 and 8 times 6 had the same product. 24 times 30 and 12 times 60 had the same product. So when I look at the relationships between those pairs of problems, there's definitely some doubles and halves happening here. So like 16 times 3 then became 8 times 6. 16, half of that is 8. 3, double that is 6. So that's interesting. So if I'm thinking about three 16s, could I think about six eights instead? Because like three 16s, I, I need three of those 16s. But the six, I think about double, I only need half as many. So I can think about six eights because I, I, I don't need three. I don't need six 16s. I only need three 16s. So if I find six half as big of those things, then I can, then they should have the same product. I wonder if that holds, let me think about the second one. So 24 times 30, that's like me needing 24 30s. And then the next problem you gave me was just half of that 12. Well, if I'm only, if I, I need 24 30s, so if I'm only going to work with 12, then I need things that are twice as big. If I, if I only finding half as many of them, I need to find the, the twice as big. Did I say, I don't care how would you do that, Kim? I don't know. I need half as many that are twice as big. There you go. Okay. Yeah. I need half as many of things that are twice as big yeah. in order to have the same product. Okay, Pam, I have a last problem for you. You're noticing some sort of pattern here, and I wonder if that would be useful for you when I give you this problem. It is 5.5, or 5.5 times 18. Okay, so I need 5.5 18s or 18 5.5s. I'm going to sort of think about finding, instead of 18 5.5s, I'm going to find 9 of things that are twice as big because five and a half times two is just 11. So instead of finding 18 five and halves, I'm going to find nine 11s, right? Yeah. yeah. Nine times 11 is 99. Bam. Woo. What so great, nice. Nicely done. Yeah. yeah. Good strength, Kim. I like it. Thank you. <laughs> 
So um, this is an interesting strategy, right? Uh, this idea that if I need to find, um, like we just said, five and, uh, 18 five and a half so that I can find half as many things that are twice as big. I bet we could look at this as uh, area as well. Sure. In fact, um, on my paper right now, I'm drawing a 16 by three rectangle. So if I need the area of a 16 by three rectangle, I think I could cut that rectangle in half. So now I have an eight by three and an eight by three. And I'm just going to think about that eight by three tucked up next to that other eight by three. And so now I have not a 16 by three, but I have two eight by threes next to each other. That's like an eight by six. And I didn't lose any area. So we could think about kind of ripping a rectangle in half and re and moving the area around, actually using the associative property, you reassociate that area. And uh, voila, we have um, a new rectangle, but with the same area. So that would be a way to kind of have a proof without words that we could sort of like shift area around to kind of think about why we can do this double one factor and half the other factor. And the product stays the same because we are, doubling one dimension as we half the other dimension and the area stays the same. Very cool. Yeah. All right. So we call this doubling and having. That's the doubling and having strategy. Very cool. Let's do a couple problems to sort of demonstrate how this could be useful. So Kim, here you yep. go. Yep. 35 times 18. Ooh. Do it. Hmm. 35 times 18. So since we're talking about doubling and having, that's that's kind of on the forefront of my mind. And I'm going to think about this like, I don't like 35 times 18. So I'm going to double 35. And since I doubled that dimension, I'm going to have the other dimension. So instead of 35 times 18, I've created a new problem that is 70 times 9. Because and double know, 35, sorry, I'm mm -hmm. slowing you down. Double 35 is 70 and half of 18 is nine. So yep. 70 times nine, okay? Yep. And so since I'm having the problem, having the problem, since I'm solving the problem 70 times nine, I know seven times nine is 63 and I'm making it 10 times bigger or it is 10 times bigger. So seven times nine is 63, 70 times nine is 630. 630. Scale it by 10. Nicely mm -hmm. done. That's yep. a great, good, good, good uh, application of doubling and having. All right. Give me one. All right. Ready? Um, yep. Let's go with 25 times 64. 25 times 64. Okay. So I'm going to double the 25 to get 50 and have the 64. Half of 64 is 32. And you know what? I'm not satisfied. I think I can continue to go. So I'm going to double the 50 to 100. And have the 32 to 16. And now I have the equivalent problem 100 times 16, which is just 1600. And I just solved 25 times 64. Nice. In a couple of doubling and having steps. Yes. Yeah. And actually, you double doubled, right? And we know. And have halved, right? And double, have halved. Uh huh. So we know that doubling and having twice is the same as quadrupling and quartering. You're going to go there, huh? I okay. am. Uh -huh. All right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're saying that we could also quadruple the one length of a, of a rectangle and mm -hmm. quarter the other one and we wouldn't lose any area. Right. Which or is certain. part of why we don't love this name double half, right? Yeah, totally. Because we could double half, we can triple third, we can quadruple quarter. Yep. We could, like as long as we keep, maintain the same factor that we multiply one factor by a number that we divide the other factor by that same number, by that same scalar, 
then we've kept the product the same. Um, so yeah, we don't love the name doubling having, um, but it's all we have to go with right now. So we're just going to, we're going to go with it. Okay. All right, cool. Give me one. Okay. Let's see. How about a problem like, Hey, in our last episode, you might've noticed that Kim gave me a decimal multiplication problem. So oh, wow. <laughs> <catch it. laughs> how about 14 times 2.5? 14 times 2.5. Oh, that and one's not so bad. Thanks for that. So I, <laughs> I know that 2.5 times four is just 10. Whoa, that's kind of fast. 10. I love 10. So 2.4 times, uh, sorry, 2.5 times four is 10. And since uh-huh. I uh, quadrupled one of the dimensions, then I'm going to quarter or divide by four the other dimension. And actually, I, I happen to know this one, but if I didn't know, I could just have, have. If you didn't know 14, 14 divided by four, right? Yeah. That's what we're so doing. 14, uh-huh. 14 divided by two one time is seven. And then divided by two again is three and a half. So 14 times two and a half is equivalent to 3.5 times 10. And it's interesting because I still have decimals in my problem, but I would so much rather do 3.5 times 10 <laughs> because that's just 35. Yeah, I just scale it up by 10. Nice, yeah. nice. So now the original problem, 14 times two and a half is just 35 with a little quadrupling and quartering. Yeah. Or like you said, you could have double halved and then double halved again. Right. Um, either way. Yeah, cool. So one of the nice things is to uh, recognize, it's funny because when I gave you 14 times two and a half, you were like, oh, that's not too bad. But I think that's because you've doubled a lot. And so you know this relationship between two and a half and 10. Yeah. Um, whereas I, for sure, when I started my journey to numeracy, I didn't, I had no idea that two and a half time, two and a half doubled was five and five doubled was 10. So there's this beautiful relationship between two and a half and 10 so much so that now I play around all the time with one and a quarter because Mm. one and a quarter doubled is two and a half. And now we're at that two and a half landmark place again. So 1.25 or one in 25 hundredths, one and a quarter is also brilliant, um, to think about this doubling and having strategy, because I know it can scale up to 10 so easily. So that's kind of a cool relationship. Okay, cool. So we could generalize this strategy to not just doubling and having, but tripling and and thirding. That's so not a word. Uh, Multiply by three, divide by three, quadrupling and quartering. And then after that, I think we have to sort of generalize, multiply by five, divide by five, multiply by six, divide by six, like whatever it is, as long as we maintain that sort of uh, same scale factor, one's it's multiplied by the factor and the divide, the other is divided by the factor then we maintain this equivalence. And that's really a cool part of this strategy. Uh, Kim, can I just tell you where I first sort of ran into this strategy? Sure. So I first, well, it's a, I didn't say that very well. I first ran into it. I'm reading Kathy Fosno's work and thinking about alternative strategies. But then I was doing some numeracy work um, in a friend of mine uh, in her high school classroom. So Abby Sanchez teaches high school. Yay. She teaches just down the road for me. Um, and I was doing some numeracy work with her uh, Algebra 1 students. And one day as I was doing totally a different strategy, this kid raised his hand. He was kind of this snarky kid. He was like everybody, he was the kind of kid like everybody kind of uh, joked around with and they, they liked him. You could tell because he kind of had this really like kind of almost Kim attitude towards the world. <laughs> and, and he looked at me and he goes, hey, is that why that works? And I was like, is that why what works? Because we're doing something totally different. He goes, why you can uh, why you can double one number and divide the other one by two and, and, you, and you get the answer. And kind of said it kind of like, you know, like kind of like a freshman snarky kid would say it. And I was like, oh my gosh, there are kids out there that have developed mm-hmm. doubling and having mm-hmm. on their own. He's like, well, yeah, you know, it works. But is that why it works? Like he was really clear it worked. He just wanted to get kind of behind the scenes about why it worked. 
So right then and there, we kind of dove in and uh, like uh, explored a little bit the doubling hammy strategy. It was, it was a lot of fun. That's cool. That's really cool. So Kim, when you run into a problem and you decide you're going to double and have, how do you decide which number to double and which to have? Oh, people ask us that, right? Yeah. And they ask about how do you uh, teach your kids? I'm air quoting. How do I teach my kids to know which <laughs> one's which? Um, and and there are some um, generalizations that we kind of want kids to develop, but but that's the word. We want them to develop that idea, right? We mm-hmm. have got to let kids mess around to come to their own conclusions about would you want to have evens or have the odds, the idea that you often might want to try to get out of fractional parts or decimals. And if I may, with a story real quick, mm-hmm. I was so happy when doubling and having became part of uh, my youngest son, Cooper's repertoire. He now double halves so often, but but I've never had a direct instruction with him. In fact, I don't know that I've ever done a problem string with him, and I'm not sure that he has at school yet, but he's heard me and my oldest son talk a little bit about messing with numbers. And this is why we would, mm, we would nice. advocate so much for just talk about what you think about. Yeah. Just um, be verbal, right? Just, just talk. It's one of the reasons why I kind of tried to think out loud as I was solving the problems today is to kind of model what it means to say what's kind of going on in your head. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Sorry to interrupt. No, it's okay. <laughs> and so it, it has become part of one of uh, Cooper's strategies And it is so fun to see him mess with numbers. And now pretty often when he's doing, you know, like a math assignment or especially when we're doing math strap chat, (laughs) I will do a particular strategy and he's, he's kind of snarky like me and he'll say, uh, why didn't you double half? And I'll just, (laughs) it'll not be what I'm thinking about or I'll miss it sometimes. So we want to encourage you guys to be on the lookout. If it's something, if doubling and having or tripling and thirding is something that you haven't ever thought about before as a mm-hmm. multiplication strategy, or it's something that you find that you don't use very often, maybe make a note or, or try to keep it on the forefront of your mind because there are so many great opportunities to use this strategy. Absolutely. Like tell your math friends or even tell your students like, hey guys, with this great strategy, I'm trying to use it more often. Help me recognize when it would be a good time when I'm just sort of missing that it's an opportunity. I can bring those relationships to bear. So one other small note, um, Kim mentioned earlier that we don't want to direct teach this strategy. We're not advocating that you stand up. um, So I'm going to tell a quick story. Uh, No names, no names. Uh, Just so you know, Kim and I will... um, tell you what, we'll tell you what we think, but if it's negative, we'll never, we'll never give a name. Like your name is safe with us. So uh, real quick, we tell a quick story with no names attached. Um, uh, Quite a while ago, we were doing some filming of problem strings. We had some teachers that volunteered. They're like, yeah, you come in our classroom and and, and video me giving a problem string. And so we had, I don't know, five or six teachers. Kim was one of them another teacher in the district. And so I walked in the door and these were uh, real low tech. It was just me holding a camera. And I walked in the door and I said, okay, you ready? All right. I'll just be in the back. And I, I held up the camera and she stood at the front of the class and she said, all right, today, guys, today we're going to learn the doubling and having strategy. Here's what you do. Step one, step two. So, and she literally broken down the strategy into steps. It's like she had the Z perspective that math mm-hmm. is all about procedures and mimicking someone's steps. And she just couldn't like get out of that. And so she's all right, here are the steps. And she said, so for the first step is you double the first factor, double the first factor. And then the second, and so everybody do that. Here we go. And she has a sample problem. Everybody do that. So then you uh, half the second factor and see, and that now see it's an easier problem. And so you um, solve that one, see how that worked. Okay, that was really cool. So that she did one and they did one together. And then she kind of assigned everybody to do another one. Kim, 
the f- hilarious part of the the story for me. Well, first of all, <laughs> after a couple of minutes, I was like, is she doing the non-example? Like I was in the back mm-hmm. of the room trying like, what are you doing? Cause I, it was so clear that that's not what we're advocating. And somehow we just hadn't worked with her long enough or whatever. Um, she couldn't quite get out of that perspective, but the, the funniest part of everything is remember, she said the first step was to double the first number and have the second number. Whereas you just a minute ago, were saying we need to let kids fuss with that. We need to right. let kids try, you know, which, how do you decide which number to double and which one to have? Cause you could do either one. So the problem that she had chosen to demonstrate was 12 times 24, or at least one like it. I don't exactly remember what it was. And, and listeners, you're like, what's wrong with that, Pam? Well, guys, let's follow her strategy real quick. So if her fra- strategy is you have to double the first number, so double the 12 to get 24, and have the second number to get 12. Wait, wasn't that the same mm. problem we had to start? So <laughs> if the problem is 12 times 24, and you double and have in her lockstep fashion, you get 12, uh, 12 times 24 turning into 24 times 12. And then she kept going, then she got 48 times 6, and etc. So interesting like right like like she was so not catching the vision that it's not about uh, um, i'm gonna force the strategy on the numbers no matter what it's you're still thinking it's not about memorizing strategies it's about thinking and letting the relationships influence the strategy that you're going to use all right cool so a little bit of story there so we don't love the name we said that before if you can think of a better name for this strategy tweet or post about it. We would love to hear your suggestions for a better name for this strategy. Um, We didn't come up with doubling and having that's been out there for a little while. Um, It it totally uh, represents well, describes well the relationships you use if all you do is double and half. But but what about if you half and double or what all the other uh, factors, like we said, quadrupling and quartering and all the rest of them. So we want it to sound good, not too technical, not too jargony, um, also not too... um, informal, like it can't be Mary's strategy or, or, or what's a good, uh, the lasso strategy. Like it can't be goofy. I don't know. I'm, I'm looking around my office to think of what I, the light switch strategy, like it has to be mathematical enough that it would work great when a student, if a teacher says, what are you doing? And the, and the student said, I'm using this strategy. The teacher could sort of mathematically hang on to what's happening. Um, because one other, uh, yeah, I'm making it really, uh, like you have to find a good name that meets all these criteria. Another criteria is that when students are first learning it, it, it has to make sense. Because I've had some people suggest um, some some strategy names that make sense when later I want to generalize it to all the things. But it also has to sort of make sense in the beginning when we're calling it doubling and having, or, we're, or in the beginning when all we're doing is doubling and having. Um, but later it feels general enough so that when students want to scale by the uh, scale factor and then divide by that same scale factor or in middle school, instead of dividing by that factor, you multiply by one divided by that, that scale factor either way. Um, So we want it to be uh, recognizable to the the beginning student, but also scalable so that it works kind of when we get more general. So if you can think of one, we would love for you to uh, tweet about it and post it on Facebook or or Instagram with the hashtag math is figureoutable. And we will check those out. Absolutely. Hey, there's problems all over the world, but if you are looking for an opportunity to try out the doubling and having strategy, remember to join us on Math Strat Chat on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram on Wednesday evenings where we explore problems with the world. And many of those problems, you would be able to use double half. Yeah, or some version of it. Or some version. Nice. 
And remember, we've created Math Stretch Chat Central where you can find all of the problems. If you can't find that, just Google Math Strat Chat Central and maybe Pam Harris, but I don't think you even need that. It'll come right up where we list all the problems we've ever asked on Math Strat Chat. Uh, click on it and it'll pull up the Twitter feed where you can see strategies from around the world. So if you're interested to learn more math and you want to help yourself and students develop as mathematicians, then don't miss the Math is Figure Outable podcast because math is figure outable. Thank you for listening and making math more figure outable. Remember, we're going to be opening registration for the Math is Figure Outable challenge soon. Mark your calendar from May 15th through 17th. You are not going to want to miss these free PD evenings where you'll learn four routines you need in your classroom that are naturally engaging and encourage students to think mathematically. And remember, if you can't make those times, registering gets you access to the recordings. Keep making math figure outable.